morning, listener. You're welcome to Nasco Moments. How many times have you washed your hands today? Remember, always stay safe. I am your host, Hudun Gyang. On the show today, we will discuss investing in physical and digital libraries to improve reading habits. The library, as a traditional information institution, is undergoing radical changes in its information service in the information and communication technology era. With more and more digital materials available to the reader, the library no longer simply collects only printed materials. As for library users, their reading habits and ideas of utilizing reading materials have also changed. The increased use of computers has led to some modifications in the methods of academic work, such as undertaking research, writing articles, and producing teaching materials. The use of email has become so popular that it is almost ubiquitous, and researchers are finding it important that all such materials and sources should also exist in digital format. On the Nasco Moment Show this morning, our guest is Professor Stephen Akintunde. He is the immediate past librarian at the University of Jos. He served as chairman of the Nigerian University Libraries Consortium and country licensing coordinator of Electronic Information for, Library, for Libraries, EIFL, and a member of the steering committee of Supporting Research Community, Association of Commonwealth University Libraries. He will be sharing his thoughts and perspectives as we discuss investing in physical and digital libraries to improve reading habits. Professor Akintini, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good morning, listeners. Okay, stay tuned. We shall return after this break. Now fortified with essential vitamins and minerals. Nasco Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime. You're welcome back to Nasco Moments. I'm Hudun Gyang. We're talking about investing in physical and digital libraries to improve reading habits. Our guest is Professor Stephen Akintunde. He's the immediate past librarian at the University of Jos. He served as chairman of the Nigerian University Libraries Consortium and country licensing coordinator of electronic information for libraries, EIFL. He's also a member of the, of the American Library Association, Chartered Institute of Library and Information Professionals, and International Sociological Association. Now, Prof, let's, let's get started. What is a digital library and tell us how it operates. Well, a digital library um, is a library in the form of electronic documents and it's a replica of the physical library. The physical library you have the hard text and other materials, but the digital library, you have this in digits, digital form. And so you still have the books, you still have the journals, but they are electronic in form. So the difference is the format. Uh, yes. Okay. So how does it operate? Now it operates in the way uh, that you can have these resources 
in one place. And unlike the physical library that you have to walk into the library to access the materials, you can access the materials from anywhere, any part of the world, as long as you gain access to it uh, electronically. Also, unlike the physical library that probably a book can be accessed by one person at a particular time, electronic library or digital library, as many people, up to a million, can access the same material at the same time. So, so many people can gain access to the digital library uh, at a time. Okay. Can we hear more of the differences between the digital library and the more traditional physical library that we know? Yeah. Um, more of the difference is that, as stated earlier, so many people can access this. You can easily discover the digital forms because when this digital library is put together there are what we call tags or metadata. Uh, metadata is defined as data about data. In other words, it's very easy to link related works. So a digital library can bring together related topics. For instance, we are talking about digital library. You can also be discussing about the political environment in Nigeria today. Now, when you want to access a digital library and you enter those keywords, digital library or political activities, the digital library, the way it is constructed, will bring out all related works from books, from journals, from government publications, and so you have it. Whereas, in the physical library, you have to go check the card catalog, you have to go to the shelf, and you get one book, and after that, you start looking for other materials in the catalog. But this time around, because it's digital and it's electronic, you can immediately get so many relevant materials. That's why when you search on the internet for a particular word, you use what we call a search term. You will discover that you can get up to a hundred thousand, one million, two million in nanoseconds. Then you have to refine your search. So the digital library aggregates documents resources from the World Wide Web, the, what uh, we, we call the Internet, and you are able to access materials in different languages, in different formats. You can get full text, you can get uh, video, you can get um, audio, or you get all this. So you have to now choose which ones. Whereas in the physical library, you have to go one book at a time. If you want to um, get the audio, you have to probably go to a documents department. You have to book. You probably have to be lending from one library to the other. And don't forget, physical libraries, they have limitations in terms of access hours. So opening hours probably is 
from uh, 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock. Like the times that there are crises that you are not able to access the library, the physical library, or in terms of uh, industrial action, like many tertiary institutions are on in Nigeria today, m most of these libraries, the physical libraries are locked up. Okay, so but, for a student, for instance, who wants to access this, these uh, uh, online or digital libraries, uh, you mentioned earlier you, you register on any library in the world and you get access? How, how, how does that happen? Yeah, there are two types of access. One access is open and free. The other one is what we call closed access. That one you have to register. So, like when you go on many such uh, gateways uh, like uh, Google, like Bench, um, Yahoo, and so many such, immediately you have direct access to some of these resources and libraries like Gothenburg, which are free. But there are some specific documents and libraries that are specializing in particular documents. And because of that, because they've invested so much, you need to register. And the same thing with some of their journal publications, some books, so you have to register. And it is when you register that you now gain access now. The registration is also at two levels. You could be a member of that organization or institution. So because you are a bona fide member of that organization, you gain free access. Now, if you are registering as a guest from outside, you have limitations on the type of documents you can access. So that is the uh, registration or access uh, type. Right. Now, what is the level of development of digital libraries in Nigeria? Level of development of digital libraries in Nigeria, I would say, is low, uh, generally. Uh, even though there are differences in the development stages of the uh, libraries. You have some libraries because they have ICT, that's Information and Communications Technology Infrastructure, they have developed this. So in some way, they are a bit higher than uh, some other institutions that are yet to reach that level of development. Now, the librarians in the different institutions also have different skill sets and uh, knowledge levels. Um, so you find that where you have librarians, especially the heads of libraries, that are proactive and are able to uh, follow the trend in the global world, they are able to move faster than those who are more localized. So these are some of the things. And then um, you also have investment. Where institutions have been able to invest in uh, technology and where they've invested in training 
in knowledge development, uh, that, that's uh, the professional uh, development of their staff, they are able to get more results than others. So in a nutshell, the levels, uh, uh, the, the general level is low, but you have a differentiation in the stages. So the challenges you would say would be um, not enough uh, investment in technology and in training. If we, if we are able to improve those, um, what impact would that have? Uh, absolutely. Um, it will have a great impact. Uh, one, you'll be able to have young people who prefer at least manifestly, you know, we are dealing with a generation of millennials, uh, those we call digital natives. In other words, they are born into this digital era. They, they've never known something like typewriter and uh, uh, cyclostyling machine. Everything they have known is pimp, 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 type this and type that. So it will attract them. To learning and when you provide on that digital platform that digital library you provide resources for learning that will be attractive to them then you are motivating them to read and not only that you can set ideologies you know what is happening today because of the various abuses of the internet the world wide web uh, there have been some levels of constraint, uh, censorship. So the, the people who run digital libraries are also able to approve levels of permissions. So it has an impact in moderating uh, behavior such that if in a school environment you are offering certain courses, then you provide only the resources that are relevant to that. Okay. So it, it, it will have a great impact. Okay. Uh, and helping also in making people to key in into the global environment very easily. All because right. when they live here, they have to contend with their contemporaries worldwide. All right. Hey, listeners, stay tuned. We shall be right back. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. My name is Hudun Gang and this is NASCO Moments. We're talking about investing in physical and digital libraries to improve reading habits. Our guest today is Professor Stephen Akintunde, the immediate past librarian at the University of Jos. We'll continue the conversation right away. Um, we left off from uh, the last segment about um, improving technology 
and how that will help um, students, millennials, to study more. Um, at the moment, though, how would you assess the reading habits of young people? Fairly good, generally. But what are they reading? You see, young people are reading, always reading. Either they are reading materials on social media, reading signposts and all that, but are they reading what will help them to improve their lives? And I think that's the challenge. Um, if you ask me to assess that, that is whether they are reading materials that will help them to improve their life, to make them marketable, to improve their skill set, to add more to their knowledge, um, without empirical evidence, uh, by observation, I would say um, we are not where we should be. I think uh, young people should be more focused to discover digital resources that will equip them because today you can have access to learning materials on different types of skills and knowledge areas without even entering the physical library, without obtaining the classified degree, you can gain so much knowledge for medical practice, for so many things. You can discover them because they have been digitized, the resources have been digitized. So um, I, I think our young people can do a lot by getting themselves uh, incubated into this digital uh, library. Okay. How are these digital libraries managed anyway? Well, they are managed both physically and electronically. Physically in the sense that you need somebody to take responsibility for that. And you need to assign somebody who is knowledgeable, who has some level of programming skills, uh, at the same time has knowledge of classification. Uh, the other side is that you need to be able to understand digitization. In other words, how do you associate concepts, keywords, knowledge, uh, semantics? You need to be able to have a good knowledge of this. Uh, by the time you have somebody who is ready and um, not just that is ready but the person has some basic knowledge in programming, in computing. Uh, it doesn't have to be a computer expert by the way but you're somebody who is ready to know what a library is what people desire. It's like a marketing principle. Uh, you survey the market. So in this digital age, you know what are the needs of people. For instance, at the University of Just Library, what we have done in the last decade 
is to create a what we call a creative learning space. This is a response to the profile of today's learner. Now, the creative learning space is learner-centered. In other words, we have discovered that we have more of millennials, the digital natives. We have discovered also that everybody, whether the digital natives or the digital immigrants, they go with mobile devices. Is either their mobile phone, iPad, notes, or laptop, whatever. Now, because they will have to use this in accessing resources or documenting their work, so we have created spaces. And one of the spaces is a quiet space. If you want to just focus on your studies, you sit down there. There are open spaces. We call it collaborative spaces because that is another profile of today's learner. Now, when you have all this and you provide internet access so that they can access these other resources, you provide variety of sitting spaces like the normal reading chairs, you provide cushion for those who want to sit in open spaces to discuss in a collaborative way and <clears throat> you have some like even sofas, those who just want to recline and read. We have baskets for those who just want to be swinging and they can read. Now that way you have created a space that keeps inviting learners and when we did that we discovered that our readers jumped from 4,000 average in a month to 87,000. That, that's quite a leap. Amen. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Now, what recommendations uh, would you make for the development of digital libraries? You've started already though for improved reading habits. One, investment. We have to invest, we have to put resources, we have to build robust ICT infrastructure. Secondly, training. Training of those who will be responsible to drive this. Then we have to prepare the space, like the creative learning space that uh, I just described. Um, we have to make this learning as something that you just want to be like so many students for instance will just want to be in the library even taking selfies and in the process of taking selfie you find something you can read you find that once you are at the entrance of the library you can connect to the wi-fi as a bona fide student or staff so uh, the libraries have to be redesigned they have to be technology ready uh, and you have to invest because uh, investing in broadband internet access uh, at the level of the institution and then at the level of the government. The government has as one of its own responsibilities to provide this. In many other countries 
outside of Nigeria, we find that the fiber optic cables are laid, what we call the fiber optic backbone, just like the human backbone, then the institutions will begin to tap from this backbone. Now, the government has to take this as a responsibility, but it is the organizations that will have to drive it. Okay. All right. So I, I, I sure hope we'll have more of these learning spaces outside of the university so that anyone who wants to study will find a more comfortable space to study. Um, we're, we're about to wrap up now. You can give the listener your parting words. Well, um, digitization has come to stay, whether you are going to register uh, for your license, for your national ID, for elections, and that shows you that for reading and for access to all that you need today, you need to have some knowledge of digitization and how to maneuver your way. Uh, the digital library has access to different platforms where you can open a book on how to travel, how to drive, how to read a particular discipline without having a teacher. Some of these resources are there. So I want to encourage my listeners to please enter the digital libraries and enjoy yourself and you will not regret it. Okay. <laughs> Fine words from Professor Stephen Akintunde. Thank you very much for being on the NASCO Moment Show today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I hope you have found today's episode highly beneficial, dear listener. We have to end the show, though. Remember to follow NASCO's social media handles. For exciting information, visit www.facebook.com slash group. And you can also freely send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. The NASCO Moments trivia question for this week is, where and when was the first academic library established in Nigeria? Send the correct answer via text to the number 805 774-7777. Include your full name and exact location. Last week's question was, who was popularly known to have stopped the common practice of infanticide of twins in Nigeria? The answer is Mary Slesser and our winners are Ipintala Abdulaziz from Terminus and Yusuf Bako from Bauchi. Congratulations, you'll be contacted and told how to claim your promised prize of a NASCO gift basket. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited, marketing communications consultants, executive producers, NASCO Marketing Department, producer Harun Audu, research and content development, George Pam and Harun Audu, production coordinators, Solomon Audu, Deborah Galadima and Alex Ruben. Until next time, stay safe. Always wash your hands, wear your face mask in public, practice social distancing and carry hand sanitizers with you. My name is Hudun Gyan. This is NASCO Moments.